The Tick premiered on August 25th, 2017 on Amazon. Let's put 29 minutes on the clock. Pilots study Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode that means the first show. In case you didn't know. Please. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantinen and I am your host and I'm joined as always. He has the reflexes of an Olympic level jungle cat. It's Grimes. Welcome Grimes. Sir, how are you this evening? I am doing just fantastic. But before we get into uh, more um, more about my my emotional state, joining us as a very special guest today. You'll remember him from our episodes on Clerks and Revenge of the Nerds in our unaired pilot month, I believe is what we called that. He is the host of the From and Inspired By podcast. It's Nick Spacek. Welcome, Nick. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> We're doing all right. Um, so this is, of course... The uh, 2017 version of The Tick. The first episode of this series is called The Tick. So it's not called Pilot, but it is self-titled. And as our I like that. I, I like that as well. As our listeners know, this is our second experience talking Tick. I think that's just going to be like, we're going to create a new podcast just called Talking Tick. <laughs> <laughs> as on episode 17, we discussed the Patrick Warburton-led program, which of course was on Fox in which I think we'll probably discuss a little bit again. We'll, uh, we'll, sure. re- we'll reprise some of those feelings on that show as we talk about the new one. But let's, uh, let's get right into title talk. Nick, I'll let you start as our special guest. Anything jump out at you about the opening sequence? Any influences you saw? What did you think about how they... Because uh, no, no cold open, which is a little, a little surprising given the state of current... Um, superhero shows i'm currently watching the defenders every episode begins with a cold open so no cold open jumps right into the title (laughs) sequence nick what are your thoughts on uh what we got here i really love the title sequence um what kind of it it surprised me because when i went back to watch the pilot when i started watching the whole series Mm -hmm. i watched the pilot like when they dropped it on amazon however long back yeah in Uh, in the voting period in the voting period, and there was no title sequence. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, oh, this is new. Um, <laughs> I like it because it's... I, I think the reason I like it is that it kind of harkens back to the mid-90s animated show. Okay. Um, also, it's a Scott track, so um, mm-hmm. I have, I have, a, I have a, a happy little place in my heart for like things that remind me of listening to like third-wave ska bands when I was in high school. <laughs> Uh, no, I really like it. It looks really cool. It does remind me more than a little of Archer, um, but uh, not not in a bad way. I mean, I like the Archer opening titles, um, but no, I also like the fact that like sort of like the the vocal acrobatics kind of harken back to the to the the Tick animated series. I think that the th- I believe the Tick animated series is the only one. Me and Grimes have never... You, Grimes, you have never seen the animated series, right? I have not. Correct, I have not. I'm, no. li- I'm live action all the way, baby. Uh, so, <laughs> Grimes, any additional thoughts on the title sequence? 
Uh, I agree with what we've said so far. I thought it kind of reminded me of Catch Me If You Can, just the color scheme, uh, the movie, the DiCaprio movie with Tom Hanks. Uh, uh, but okay. also Archer 2, uh, similar vibe there. Yes. But I liked it. I enjoyed the title. It's all very, um, I, I never know how to pronounce this guy's name. Is it Bass or Bass for Saul? Saul Bass, Saul Bass? Oh, Saul, I would say Bass, bass probably. Nick, do you know? Flip a coin, who knows? <laughs> it's Saul Bass. Okay, so we'll go with Bass. We'll go with the fish. Um, but that is, I mean, it's a very playful, Saul Bass-inspired uh, opening sequence. Uh, a cross between the comic book um, style imagery and, of course, the Hitchcock imagery that was uh, so famous back in those days of his of his heyday. And, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. That's about all I'll say. It's nothing groundbreaking. And like you said, it has right. those um, easy comparisons we can make to Archer. But uh, it's certainly a good feeling to elicit if you're going to elicit any title sequence creator i i I assume you want to harken back to the the literally the best one in history so that's (laughs) nice (laughs) um let's do some specs really quick this episode was written by ben udlin who of course is the original creator of the character on the original live action series he took on the same role for that pilot animated series he was on the writing staff credits all over that all over that version of the program so if the character is coming to screens he's going to have a central role he was also a producer um in the meantime in between the two live action shows he was a producer on fan favorite firefly um he did a bunch of work with supernatural with gotham so he's kept very very busy in the tv world uh between tick between tick iterations i suppose and um while the fox live action version had barry sonnenfeld of men in black and adam's family directorial fame at the helm uh this one has wally fister who was the cinematographer behind The Dark Knight, Inception, Memento, Insomnia. Basically, he came up with Nolan, and he eventually got his own directing gig with a film called Transcendence, which I guess nobody seemed to enjoy. I've never seen it, but all I've heard (laughs) are terrible things. I don't know, Nick, have you seen Transcendence and have anything nice to say about it? I have not seen it. Well, it's a late-era Johnny Depp movie, so I, I can assume we can assume what kind of quality it is. But um, right, it's a big name, is the point. The second big name they've gotten um, for a Tick pilot. So it seems like it had the property at least elicits um, some respect. Now I think we should talk a little bit about the Fox series and how it relates to this current Amazon iteration. And I'll start with you, Nick. Since you you appear to be a longtime fan of the property, what are the immediate differences people should expect going into this one as as regarding the history with the character on screen? I would say that the show is obviously considerably darker. Yeah, I'd agree. I definitely <laughs> yeah, agree with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that jumps right out. <laughs> but I think it actually probably for depending on like where you fall in tick fandom it's probably something that's got a lot more appeal to people who liked the like the 90s animated series than the the first live action series mm-hmm. um i think like peter serafinowicz like nails like that sort of delivery that um the original uh, uh what's his name uh, townsend coleman had on on that show i like i like the look of the the series like this special effects aren't like out of the park but i mean you know they're straight to video 
movie quality, I guess. They're Amazon. I think they're Amazon TV quality, which I guess is good enough for a show that's mostly comedy based and isn't going to have like huge action sequences. Or the action is the action looking slightly off can at least be like, oh, we're it's adding to the humor. You know, they can have that excuse, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I've I've really like I really enjoy the look of the show, and I enjoy like I think Peter Serafinowicz is like I like him in everything. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've liked him in everything Edgar Wright's done. I uh, I liked him like however briefly he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll I'll watch it. I liked him when he was uh, the voice for the uh, radio play of. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's Good Omens. Like I just, I will stand for him. He so was, he was uh, also the voice of Darth Maul. Very obviously, Darth Maul is like what two lines in Phantom Phantom Menace. Right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> He's I, been in a lot of stuff. He's now, done a lot of voiceover work. I only know this because Arthur on the show is played by a guy named Griffin Newman, and Griffin Newman hosts a podcast called the Blank Check Podcast. It's one of my favorite movie podcasts. Basically, the premise of the show is that they go through directorial, um, I almost said discographies, but catalogs, (laughs) um, about like directors who have a big hit and then they get a blank check. So Nolan does uh, Batman and he gets a blank check and he's able to make like Inception and all that kind of stuff. And I only bring that up because their current series is Nolan. But one of the recent episodes was he had... Peter on the show to talk about the Darth Maul voice and it was mostly like a, a mockumentary of a podcast like you know they're talking about how how, how much background work he did you know, <laughs> for these two lines and like how he really um, dug into Darth Maul's history and like you know all this stupid stuff it was like a, a series of escalating stu- stupid questions but yeah <laughs> I did want to bring up his podcast because it's really excellent pretty cool um, so with that said, I don't think, like, we don't get, um, like, Batman well. We're not getting that in this first episode. We're not getting Captain Liberty as we did in the original Fox series. And judging by the tone, I don't think that's, it doesn't feel like this is the type of show where those kind of characters would appear. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. And Nick, yeah, you, I agree. have you seen them all, Nick? I mean... Yeah, I was originally just going to watch the pilot, and then uh, I ended up having a lot of free time this week and so i was like well i'll watch i'll watch it i'll watch the second one since it's <laughs> basically like three episodes you don't each. have you don't have to answer the question of which uh, you know if those characters do appear but it seems like the show has already established a grittier more grounded especially in the mental health um arena type of universe that those types of characters would feel a little out of place and also the tick seems very different from the fox series in that he's more self-aware of stupidity in this version. Like Patrick Warburton's version was more so like a blunt instrument of dumbness. That's <laughs> how he played it. Like this one, like this tick believes in destiny and he's still like pretty stupid, but he has, like, he has like an overall philosophy he's playing with. And I don't think Warburton's tick really had that. I don't know if anybody disagrees, agrees or whatever. I can see that. Yeah, I found this tick to be a lot more tongue-in-cheek, uh, especially his soliloquies and monologues. Um, you know, he had, like, the whole self-important thing, um, almost ironic, but not, like, too much. Whereas, yeah, Warburton was just, like, a straight cartoon of a man. This, this tick seems more in on the act, I suppose. Yes, like, yes. 
he yes. is playing it as if he has watched the original Tick series and is now making fun of it. <laughs> kind <guess>. of, yeah. <laughs> and the genre in general. Yeah. Um, so let's... Uh, I don't have any more specific questions. I do just kind of want to jump into notes so we can kind of get into the plot and everything. Uh, Nick, what, what's another thing that jumped out at you in this pilot? Maybe a question you wanted to ask us, maybe one that you know the answer to and you just want to dive into. Like, What were you thinking about when you watched this pilot? Having having watched like like read the comics and all of that, like the thing that really got me is that they kind of actually give the characters a backstory, mm-hmm. which seems like very different than any of the other tick iterations where you just kind of get like characters go. It's a parody of superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. This seems like it's a I don't know if it's necessarily using like the idea of a backstory to like give the parody a little bit more oomph, mm. like the, the the backstory of like <laughs> what happened to Arthur's dad. It's, <laughs> yeah. so, it's so terrible, but it's so funny. The whole backstory thing, and I don't know if I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me on this, but I just felt it was a little. It was a little too much information. I felt like if it was kept a little more mysterious and if we just knew that something had happened to his father and it had involved um, superheroes in some way, or especially in this pilot, if they had just said, oh, he's the kid from the picture, and then they didn't yeah. immediately explain the picture, I felt like they were kind of spoon-feeding us in a way that they didn't fully need to, I guess. Yeah, that's a lot for a pilot, and I I also like flashbacks. So they, this is something they could have cut back to a few times and kind of milked a little more. I like that, but oh, I get it. Like they got it sometimes. Well, I like the flashback aspect, but like you said, they could have dished it out slower. Right, right. It just seemed like yeah. it just seemed like an overload in terms of like ways that we should be identifying and sympathizing with Arthur. I kind of like him as he's not. He's. I mean, he's like taking medications, and you know, especially in the holding cell sequence where he's being questioned. These little ticks that he has, no pun intended, that he's kind of mm. built into the character. They never like dominate the picture, and they never get overly silly. And that's what I really enjoy about his performance and the way he's able to kind of balance out and center um, this pilot. Because he has a really, really tough job. He's got to play off the tick. Plus, he has to appear as a slightly unstable but um, very intelligent individual. One who is intelligent enough to piece together this whole conspiracy. Like He has a lot of heavy lifting and he has to play a lot of different sides. And again, be the moral center, but also be not hated by the audience, but the audience has to see him a little bit as an unreliable narrator. You know, he's just got a lot of things he's got to play. And I think he does pretty well in that fashion. And that's, I guess that's why I don't believe we needed all the flashbacks right away. Keep him a little mysterious, I suppose. No, that's actually a misunderstanding. I told the officer. That you were here. bird watching? There are any birds over to the wharf? At night, I mean? Gulls, maybe. They'd be sleeping. Gulls, maybe. Okay, Arthur, do you understand why you were brought here? No, I don't actually, because none of this is necessary. I'm the judge of what's necessary at this point, all right? So we're going to assess you and see if I need to recommend an involuntary psychiatric hold for a court-approved maximum of 72 hours. Jesus! 
<clears throat> now, have you been taking your medications? Yeah. Yes? Yes. And they would be, well, amosulpiride along with the celecoxib, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Look, I'm taking my medication. I have an apartment here in the city, my own apartment. You know, I, I have a job. I'm a together person. I think that's the issue with it being like a pilot where you have to you have to provide a lot of information in a very short period of time to like sort of make it happen for a full thing where you can't you can't parse it out over five episodes. That's why I kind of like sometimes like I feel like this is one of those like pilots that would have been great if they had reshot it and reused some of those scenes throughout the rest of the season so you get you come to this conclusion a little more eventually and it has more impact rather than just getting it all in like one three minutes i kind of wanted to see his hero journey take place um concurrently with us discovering more and more about his past and kind of how long he's been into this like the reveal of the cork board is so is so expertly handled like that reveal is expertly handled but yet they blow the father reveal with just like this random randomly placed flashback and Grimes you might you might be able to get in on this just the idea of the of the Amazon strategy I think hurts this show because we have this pilot that's produced way before everything else and it has to be <laughs> voted on <laughs> Which is like the, cra- right. the crazy thing about the Amazon thing. So I feel like they kind of like the creators are in this bad position where they have to put out a lot in that first episode to like get the fan engagement. I suppose it is really strange that that is how it goes with Amazon. And yeah, I think it just puts you can them, puts see them at that a disadvantage. result. It definitely does. Like they're coming in at a disadvantage, and you can see some of that. I'm not gonna like trash it. I liked it, but um, yeah, you can see that they're like trying very hard. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in this pilot. Well, let's talk about some good stuff. Um, let's do it. The fact that the uh, the Flag Five, which is a great name for superheroes, and um, which is makes it even sadder when they get blinded by weaponized syphilis. <laughs> 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 and and not just shot, but shot to death. So, what what were you saying, Nick? Oh no, just like I almost wish that that's like sort of the like that joke right there is the reason. Like I wish they had parceled out exactly. that review because it's just a. It's one of those earlier in the episode. It's just like a throwaway line, it, but it's one of those throwaway lines that just kills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's like it's the radio. It's on the radio, right? Yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah. we have this radio line, and then if we see that, oh, that's legitimately what happened three episodes later, that would have been like a great payoff that you actually had to wait for. Right, right. Uh, let's go. Let's go into the plot really quick before we um, kind of dissect what works and what doesn't. So we are introduced to Arthur right away, and he is someone who has spent his entire life trying to prove, reprove the existence of a character called the Terror, who is played by. One of my favorites, Jackie Earl Haley. And the Terror is basically the world, was the world's greatest supervillain as we are entering into a world where superheroes and supervillains are a thing. They are a thing that is recognized. They are part of the world. I believe the first one appeared in like 1908 or something. And I can't, what was, what's the name of the, like the Superman stand-in? 
Superian. Superian. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so as Arthur is out investigating one of his leads, and after you see his crazy Carrie Matheson-style corkboard, yeah. he, we are introduced to the Tick, who is kind of on the same general trail. And after that, the Tick basically forces himself into Arthur's life more so and as a partner. And, uh, yeah, that's basically the plot. I mean, the, the episode ends with... Um, some some bad guys with guns showing up at Arthur's apartment, and that's basically it. We don't really get a big action sequence. He puts on his costume for um, some kind of flying, some kind of f- flight superhero, but they don't <laughs> they don't name him yet, so we don't really have to talk about that. But uh, let's let's jump right into some random notes now that the plot is established. Uh, Grimes, what do you got for random notes? What uh, what jumped out at you? Well, one thing, like you were saying with the plot, and it's something I like, is that in superhero things, um, where superheroes are a thing, like they're acknowledged in the world, like X-Men or Hancock, stuff like that. I kind of got a a vibe of The Mask, the Jim Carrey movie from this one, a a little bit from The Tick. Like we were talking about his portrayal before. I just wanted to kind of mention that influence as well. Didn't know if anyone kind of saw that. Mm -hmm. But other than random notes, I mean, nothing too much. Okay. Um, did I, did I, I want to go to Nick. Did anybody think Will Arnett was the DJ voice? Because I'm pretty sure he was, but then I couldn't find him in the credits, and I can't find him in the credits of the series at all. No, I didn't even notice that, but and now that you mention it, yeah. Will Arnett and um, the guy who played the Tick have appeared in a series before. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I have it here somewhere. But they were in a show before, so there is some kind of previous relationship between those two. So that's that's kind of part of my theory is that... uh, Huh. Yeah. So I think he was the DJ voice. And he also has this close... Oh, no, that's Netflix that he has the close relationship with. So I don't know. (laughs) It might be him, it might not. I thought his voice jumped out at me. The Pyramid Gang runs this city, and I want to know, where's the cops? The city has been literally taken over by crime. Uh, Nick, what other random notes do you got? Your reindeer are on fire. Your your reindeer. (laughs) Great line. I love that line. (laughs) I think that was that was like one of the things I really enjoyed about this, because they had to cram so many things in. There's a lot of just like oddball stuff, and yeah, just like those little tossed off. There's a lot of tossed off lines in in this episode that just really make like I was trying when I remembered that I was trying not to laugh on Mike um, because that line made me laugh just as hard the second time I saw it. <laughs> but in, in general um, also that costume, like the ticks uniform costume, whatever, mm-hmm. it's really awful in the pilot. It's does it, does it change at all as the episodes go on? I guess we, we can spoil that. Yeah, it changes in the second episode to something that looks more akin to like what you might be used to from previous incarnations. Okay. And uh, again, it's just like one of those where like Arthur just looks at him and just goes, "Did your suit change?" And it's just it just <laughs> moves on. And I, I like it. Yeah, I like that. It's very fleshy. That would be the best word I could come up. That's that's looks, the best word I can come up with. It's like very fleshy, and it kind of looks like I don't know. It's just very weird, and it, it didn't. It made me a little uncomfortable. Just that whole looks, the, the texture. It looks like he's like from outer space, and I didn't like that sort of idea. Mm-hmm. 
where are we where are we supposed to assume the tick is coming from is he just was he born is the suit just the suit never comes off so we know i can assume everybody knows that or at least it i would assume it doesn't come off and so it's just a part of him is he is he supposed to be a human or is he supposed to be from space what's his deal that's the thing like nobody you don't. knows ah <laughs> uh, we have to wait they never like anytime there's an attempt it's just like uh-huh and moving on moving on <laughs> um time travel and looper yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I had a few notes. Uh, I think that um, the Terror's costume is uh, kind of, I mean, did they want it to look just like Magneto? Was that like a thing that they were going for because it's like the same exact helmet, except he just has really bad skin? Melted face Magneto is what I called him in the notes. <laughs> so I don't know. It was just, it was a strange, it's strange to make the villains look exactly the same. And also, he, he doesn't he have, like, a cape, too? Yeah. I think, yeah. So another thing that's in common with Magneto, just kind of strange. You you fingered foul fruit, friend. I, I enjoyed that <laughs> line. <laughs> uh, the whole exchange, you can't you can't just go down there. There's a dozen men, and then he goes, neat. Neat. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. And then when he asks what Arthur's costume is, and he says, or that's your costume, he says, they're my clothes. And, yeah, sure. You know, his his delivery throughout the entire pilot is is very very good excellent delivery uh the idea that they don't kill the one here the one member of the flag five they just crush his hands i assume he comes back in some kind of critical role uh, the use of chum I, I guess that's that's not often used so i i, I quite enjoyed that as well uh, you know i really I, I liked this pilot I, I i don't know if i love it as immediately as i did the fox one the fox one is very easy to love and I think that this one, it's a, it's a tougher love, but I think it's probably going to be more rewarding throughout the six-episode stint than the original yeah. series was, just because it plays with more real issues, and the whole Arthur character is more sketched out um, in this first episode than he probably is throughout the entirety of the Fox series, because that was just more a straight comedy. So I, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed that, the way they've set it up and the, the things they chose to emphasize... Uh, immediately make me think it's going to be a more rewarding and engaging experience more than just a superhero show i guess yeah i think the uh, potential for reward uh is much higher with this one yeah what do you think nick are you i mean what's your favorite iteration of the of the tick i guess my favorite is still the animated series but i think and i enjoyed the live action series because it's patrick warburton and it's impossible to dislike anything that he is in, or at least he, and <laughs> what he's in. But um, no, I like I really like this, and also I will just admit, like I love the idea behind the fact that they only put up half the season to prevent like binging to like make you like watch it and enjoy it and process it, and then have to wait. But like, I really want knowing that they're already done. I want them now. Yeah. Well, so, what's the release schedule? Six and six, or how, how are they doing it? Yeah, it's like uh, they're gonna. They did like they shot them all and finished them. But they're like there's six now, and then I don't think we get the other six until 
I heard like early next year, hmm. which is really ridiculous. Like I don't want to have to wait four months. <laughs> it's right. Not, it's not quite a Game of Thrones wait, but it is a long wait for something that's already done. I will say that. <laughs> uh, one more random note. Executive producers on this episode include Barry Sonnenfeld, who of course directed that Fox pilot, and Patrick Warburton is a producer on all six episodes. So that's pretty cool. And from an interview... I think that Warburton was in the running to do this role for some time. This was an Empire interview that Unlun did, and he said, we got to a place where they were finally ready to greenlight it, and then we started to talk about the real nuts and bolts of what, we, of what they wanted to see as an expression of the pilot. That's where we came to find their dedication to do an incarn- a new incarnation of this thing. It's at that point that Patrick graciously stepped aside kept his producer role and went into this together with me that sounds like he was in the running right yes that's kind of cool i uh, to bring him back after all those years would have certainly been interesting but i'm glad that they made the decisions um that they did uh about patrick's um, iteration of the character ben said that uh, patrick has a certain power of unassailable righteousness that was the kind of ego that doesn't even know it exists so i thought that was a really good way to put it And he um, said that one example is that this version, he's talking about how it differs. One example is that this version puts a great deal of the focus on the Arthur character, actually. Arthur is, of the two of them, the classical main character. He's the one going through the real arc. The Tick is more like Moby Dick. He's a big blue whale. He's swimming around in the water, and he's messing with your boat. He's doing what he does, but then we have an Ishmael who has to learn shit and figure out whaling and his own sort of take on God, life, obsession, and all that crap. I really, I quite enjoy that comparison. I think that's pretty spot on. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that sums it up nicely. He is he is the whale. Uh, he also did a good interview on Uproxx, if anybody uh, wants to check that out. Um, I'll just read one little portion of that uh, portion of that quote. He said, we started to kind of build this new version that really does those things that the tick had yet to do up to that point. Among the most important things was to find a psychological truth for Arthur as a character, kind of a real grown-up narrative, and also build a tone that allowed for real dramatic stakes. So again, knowing that that is the vision, I think that really gives me a lot of motivation. Uh, to continue on with this. Um, let's jump into some reviews really quick. Uh, IndieWire gave it a C plus. They did not like it. Uh, they mm. said the tick, however, is constantly working against its most welcomely infectious aspects. Rather than drape itself in admiration of the tick's purity, the new Amazon series resists the gung-ho do, do-gooder spirit. Worse yet, it doesn't provide a good reason why. And on the positive end, Vulture and Matt Zoller cites, who is a quite famous film uh, TV critic, wrote, I did not expect a new version of The Tick to provide some of the same prickly pleasures as BoJack Horseman, but here it is. I'll take it. So he compared it to BoJack, so that's uh, obviously a big win for them. Nick, any final thoughts on uh, The Tick? Um, Any, I guess, any of the iterations and kind of how they relate to what we're talking about today? I think that if you were a fan of the 90s animated series and you felt that the Patrick Warburton series didn't follow through on sort of like the promise and the things that you enjoyed you're going to find a lot to enjoy in the new amazon series but also if you were a fan of that live action you'll find a a a lot in like things in common with that sort of like acknowledgement of the limitations of live action versus animation and what you can do 
like I I found myself uh, I I will say that like the rest of the season takes the sort of prompt of the pilot and really moves along with it and builds on it and it becomes if not rewarding then definitely entertaining and worth watching. All right. So I'd say that's that's quite a bit of praise. And your thing is it's a mix of the two shows. So if anybody enjoyed uh, either of those shows, you might find something to enjoy here. Um, and if you're just sick to death of, of the Marvel Netflix shows like I am, and their, their self-seriousness, then this was like this was like a ray of sunshine in, in my uh, Defenders binge. Um, it, was, it was a very nice variation. Grimes, final thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, it's a nice change of pace from a lot of superhero content that has gotten so serious, especially since Nolan did all the Batman stuff. Um, And this pokes fun at that nicely, but it's still not so over the top that, um, you know, it's cartoonish. I think it has a nice balance and and a lot of good potential. So I think I'll watch at least one more, see where it goes. Yeah, um, the, if the Netflix shows or if Netflix and Marvel got a hold of the tick, um, mm-hmm. the, it would be like a really dark blue, almost black suit. It wouldn't have any brightness to it. I'm just <laughs> if anybody that follows my Twitter knows how much I hate the Daredevil suit, and <laughs> I was just so happy to see a suit that was actually bright and happy and cheery and a superhero who likes being a superhero. That's an, right. that's another of the Marvel tropes. Is I hate Torture. being I hate being a superhero. So I'm glad that That's it changes like a little me. bit. Have you, have you watched the Netflix shows, Nick? No. Okay, good. Keep it that way. <laughs> I'm too far in now. I'm too deep. I have I, I can't pull out now, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, maybe after this team up, I'll be able to I'll be able to quit. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. This has been Pilot Study. I believe we're on episode 57. I don't know. I guess wow. I'll, I'll have to check. Uh, we do have a new home. Um, it is over at Fireside, and I'm going to get the exact link uh, for anybody who wants to check out our new site. It's still very much a work in progress. It's pilotstudypod.fireside.fm. Um, you'll see that uh, on the main page, you'll have all our episodes. Yes, this is, ep- this is episode 56. And um, I'm, I'm going to, of course, go through and update all the episodes and uh, provide photos and all that good stuff. But uh, you'll at least see the skeleton of what we've been working on and kind of how we've been trying, attempting to improve our home base of pilot study. So please check that out. Also, if you have any troubles with the RSS feed because we did have to switch hosts, please let us know, pilotstudypod at gmail.com, and we'll get you all squared away. Uh, let's do some plugs. Nick, go ahead. Uh, you can find From and Inspired by at from and inspired by.com and you can find it on Facebook and Twitter at from inspired pod. We are currently on summer break, but we will be back uh, with a brand new episode over Labor Day weekend talking uh, about Mystery Science Theater 3000 and the music of it with Harmar Superstar. With ha- really? Wow. Yes. That is awesome. I saw him that at is cool. South by Southwest. And first off, I did not know he bared quite the resemblance to the Simpsons critic. Uh, and two, he was awesome. The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, great, great performer. I was very impressed. And yeah, I'll definitely, oh, wow. I'll, I'll definitely be listening to that one. Grimes, plugs. Uh, Grimes John on Twitter and Instagram if you want to look at my dog. Oh, who it. doesn't want to look at your dog, bro? He's a pretty cool dog to look at, i got to say. <laughs> 
Um, I still, me and you were together this weekend, John, and I almost called your dog Forrest about ten times. I yeah, finally that's figured. Weird. I finally figured out which dog I was thinking of. It's the same breed as your dog, so I'm not completely like crazy. And I'll have to send you pictures so we can compare. Maybe, maybe okay. they're like, um, they're t- it's kind of like a Twin Peaks situation where there's like two Coopers. Maybe there's Ooh. maybe there's two of your dogs kind of floating around. An evil Weird. one. We'll have to figure out which the which which of them are the evil ones. <laughs> Not mine. He's, he's cool. <laughs> Yours is cool. So I'll have to I'll have to meet the other one. All right. Thank you guys very right. much for listening. This has been Pilot Study. PilotStudyPod at gmail.com and Pilot Study Pod on Twitter. And we will talk to you later. Phone effect. Go. <laughs> Hello, Smith residence, Sarah Smith. Hello, Sarah. This is your husband, Andrew. Where are you calling from, Andrew? You sound like you're right downstairs in the lobby. I'm not, I'm not calling from downstairs in the lobby, Sarah. You see, I was at home there momentarily, moments ago. Because I, I... Never know what show they're gonna talk about And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Oh.